You are listening to the In Perspective Weekly Podcast with Bob Branco and Peter O'Toole. Hi, everybody, and welcome once again to In Perspective. My name is Bob Branco. This is episode 303, dated Friday, April 7th. 2023. Good Friday, actually. With me today is Peter Alchil, my good friend and colleague. Peter, welcome. How are you? Hey, Bob, and welcome from beautiful Columbia, Missouri. It's like 65 degrees and sunny. So Great. I'm, uh, I'm glad you're having good weather. You've we had are a lot indeed. of interesting weather lately, so I'm glad yeah. that things are calming down for you. <laughs> At least for a while. Yes, indeed. I would like to thank those people who make it possible for In Perspectives to be made available to the public. I want to start out with Raymond Gay, our editor and producer. Thank you for what you do to make the show a quality podcast. I want to thank Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place chat line. They post our programs on greeting door number 15. Thank you. Also to the media outlets, thank you very much for airing the shows when you do. We appreciate that very much. And finally, to Jacqueline Sylvia of JS Web Solutions. She archives our shows on my website, which is www.brancoevents.com. Go there, arrow down until you get to In Perspective Podcasts, and pick and choose the archived program that you would like to hear. Merci, Jackie. I thought what we would do, and, and Peter agrees with this, of course, we thought we would spend today talking about the meaning of Easter. Easter is just around the corner. This is Holy Week. As I said earlier, this is Good Friday as we record the program. And, of course, we all know what happened on Good Friday. That's the day that Jesus was crucified. And, of course, he was resurrected on Easter. So we're going to talk about all that and a little bit more today. So let me introduce the people Bob, Bob, who... Bob, before we, before we go any further, I do want to say a happy pa- Passover to our Jewish friends. Uh, you know, it, it is that time of year as well. The two holidays are, of course, connected. So happy Passover to all the, the, the Jewish folks listening to us. I concur with that, Peter. Thank you for that greeting. I'm sure that everyone appreciates that. So let me introduce the panelists that we have today. And we can talk about Passover, too, of course. We have with us the Reverend Michael Garrett. Thank you, Bob and Peter, and welcome from a rainy 57-degree Missouri City, Texas. We, Peter, you stole our weather. We you did. Mean, we, we you, did. you mean it's it's warmer in Missouri than it is in Texas? It's yeah. warmer in, in, in Columbia, Missouri than Missouri, Texas. Go figure. Oh, my goodness. All right. We have with us Brother Nigel Richard from Florida. Yes, good afternoon, all. Uh by the way, the last name is pronounced and spelled Reichards, even though some of the voice synthesizer. <laughs> and that's what uh, you, threw me off, Brother Nigel. And I should have known that because you told me that before. That's but all right, I, brother. I keep hearing whenever your name comes up on my jaws, it does pronounce it Richards, even though it doesn't have an H. If you use, that's how per, it is. If you use um, 
oh, what is the other, one of the other non-nuanced synthesizers you'll hear pronounced correctly, well, actually, partially correctly, we'll say Rickards. <laughs> well, but, it's uh, pronounced Rickards. That's exactly right, brother. Oh, thank and you. I, Welcome I, to the show today. Thank we you. appreciate it's a, you. It's a great honor to be with you again uh, from Boca Raton, Florida. And uh, I do serve with Karen, our, our fellow panelist on the board of the National Church Conference of the Blind. Very happy to do so and happy to declare her as our board president and president of the um, of the conference. And that is an event that takes place uh, in August. And I'm sure you'll be discussing that at greater length um, on another podcast, but I did want to throw in that plug. Uh, it is another wonderful opportunity for uh, people who are blind or visually impaired to get together. Uh, we do so once a month via teleconference, but we also gather annually uh, for a, a week conference. Uh, this, this time, this year, is going to be in Erlinger, Kentucky, which is basically right. Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> Well, uh, I want to wish everybody a, a blessed Good Friday and a wonderful Easter Triduum. Thank you. Karen Gerald, congratulations, first of all, on your new Hello position. There, Hello, thank you so much. Here we are in southeastern Virginia, where the weather is just about the way it is in Missouri City, Texas. But it's a happy day as we remember all those who are gathering with us or will gather to listen to this recording. And we're so thankful that our Lord has made it possible for us to celebrate this weekend, whether it's Passover or Easter. Very thankful for his sacrifice for us and for all the changes it has made in the lives of blind people before Jesus came Blind people could never have done the kinds of participating that is routine for us now. Amen. Amen to that. So let's start out with the Reverend Mike and uh, get his thoughts on what this week really, really means to us spiritually. Well, from from my standpoint, I'm thinking what an humbling experience it is when you start to think about all that Jesus went through to bring us to where we are today. Think about in in one week you they crowned him that led to crucifixion and how men's hearts and minds can change but even when he went through the kangaroo uh, the courts proceeding, never said a word against the charges that were presented to him. Because he loved us so much. He went cross for us. That's an humbling. That's an humbling thing to me. Very humbling to think. Somebody died all of my past, present, and future sins. And but he died that I could live. What an humbling, what an humbling thing. Every year, every year when this time comes, comes 
and and every day it's an everyday thing for me but but every year when we observe this the whole episode this reminds me how much he sacrificed for me it's a personal love to share it with friends family and especially children when we get together on Sunday it'll be a special time for all of my grandchildren and my great grandchildren you know, Reverend. You know, Reverend. My wife and I attend mass every week, and last Sunday we attended the Palm Sunday Mass. And in the Catholic Church, during Palm Sunday, they feature the Passion in the middle of the Mass, and so the whole Passion was read aloud, and that gives everybody a great opportunity to recall all the events that you are referring to that happened to Jesus during Holy Week. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And that yes. and um, Peter uh, mentioned Passover and how we you know we acknowledge that it that was during the season of Passover. Last Supper, the Lord's Supper was was the Passover. Yes. Also served as the bridge to the new covenant. We have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to, so important to think about those things and think about what it means to us. Of course. I couldn't agree more. Brother Nigel. Brother, excuse me, Brother Bob, thank you and thank you, Reverend Garrett, for your uh, sharing um, Brother Bob, I'm so uh, appreciative of the fact that you mentioned at the beginning of uh, this sharing that uh, the Easter season is around the corner. A lot of people will say that, well, we're in the Easter season now, but in actuality, uh, we are in the predecessor to the Easter season. Um, we are in, today being Good Friday, in what's called the Holy Triduum which began last evening with uh, Holy Thursday, or as uh, some call Maundy Thursday. Um, and uh, today, of course, being Good Friday, and then tomorrow, Holy Saturday, when our Lord rested in the tomb. The Easter season uh, actually begins on Easter Sunday, um, very glorious uh, season of resurrection, our Lord's resurrection. We initially celebrate his rising from the tomb and conquering death. Uh, of course, all three are bound together in uh, one. Um, you know, his his suffering, his death, and resurrection are all bound together in one uh, act, if you will. But a lot of people, in fact, most Christians even, would I would say that they regard Easter as one day. Well, guess what? It's a whole season that just commences with one day. So. Once midnight on Easter Sunday uh, happens, you know, we don't drop all the celebrating. That's just the beginning of it all. So that's the good news. We celebrate uh, actually throughout uh, the season, which concludes, in fact, culminates with the season of Pentecost, where we celebrate the descent of the Holy Spirit uh, on the uh, new believers at the time, which is when our Lord's uh, his church was born. And our Lord's body was actually uh, given 
the power to go out uh, as a corporate unit, uh, all all of his uh, born-again believers, to proclaim the good news of his death and resurrection for all of us uh, lost sinners. But uh, yes, indeed, uh, the uh, season of Passover, which is celebrated or was celebrated uh, among the Jewish people, which continued to be celebrated after our Lord's death and resurrection, was in fact uh, replaced with his uh, supper, the Lord's Supper, um, as the fulfillment of the Passover season. And that's what we celebrate every week during uh, Holy Mass. And as you were pointing out, uh, Brother Bob, uh, the Palm Sunday uh, vigil, or, uh, well, of course, I went to the vigil, but uh, the liturgy for Palm Sunday did include the uh, Passion of Our Lord, was also preceded or prefaced, if you will, the first part, the very first reading was Our Lord's triumphal entry into Jerusalem as recorded in the first 11 verses of Matthew 21. And as Reverend Garrett pointed out, this, this portion has always uh, impressed me and so many others, the fact that uh, he was greeted uh, triumphantly by, by so many when he came into Jerusalem. And uh, as Reverend Garrett also pointed out, the, the uh, malleability of the human mind under the influence of authoritarian rulers, uh, that same crowd called just a few days later for his crucifixion. And that, that is what is, is so sad that, you know, it only recently came, was called to my attention. It came to my attention that these were the same people who greeted him by throwing palms in front of him and uh, saluting him also called for his crucifixion just a few days later because they were told by the, those people who were so uh, desirous of power and jealous of him that oh you've got to you know call for his crucifixion otherwise you know you can't really be faithful to your faith but praise God that uh, the Holy Spirit who is Christ himself um, as the third person of the Trinity came down and set the uh, disciples who were at the time um, cowering uh, into motion to uh, correct the error of the people. And those same people, a lot of them, who had called for his crucifixion on the day of Pentecost, when they heard the disciples preaching, they said, oh, we goofed. <laughs> what do we do now? And the disciples told them, look, you know, Peter, St. Peter says, don't worry, you know, we're all sinners. Here's the solution to it all. He's the one who has risen from the dead. He didn't remain in the grave. He's risen, and he can save you too. And they, so many were added to the church and his body that same day of Pentecost, and they were baptized. And this, for me, is the hope that we all have to share, and that is Jesus is our Savior. Regardless of our failures, all we need to do is come to him. Indeed. Thank you. Karen. Sorry. Thank you, Bob. 700 years before the birth of Christ, the prophet Isaiah identified him and predicted his coming and referred to him as the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, 
the everlasting father, the prince of peace. And then after he did come and fulfill his earthly ministry of his first coming, after his death and resurrection and ascension, then he was also called the prince of life. So I'm thinking about everybody around us today. There's no denying the chaos and injustice and uncertainty and suffering in our world. People will do almost anything to find peace, life, hope, comfort, stability. But to me, all these are offered in Christ, our perfect Passover lamb who was sacrificed for us and whose sacrifice was validated in his resurrection. We have not only the scriptures prophetically bearing witness to what was to happen, also containing eyewitness accounts of the resurrection, but we also have the testimony of the changed lives of so many of us, including me, all of us who know that without Christ, we would have no hope. With with Christ, we have eternal life and eternal hope in this world and the world to come. So it's a very happy day to celebrate. It's also a mysterious day about which all of us have questions at times. So I hope that before our podcast ends, people who wonder will raise questions and we'll be happy to address those and continue in prayer for everyone who has believed and everyone who wants to believe and everyone who's just not sure. So thank you for this opportunity. That's our pleasure, Karen. Thank you. Peter, did you want to add anything at this point? I would, Bob, and thank you so much again for organizing and hosting and the show. Uh, one of the things that, that struck me, and I uh, often I hear this in listening to sermons around this time of year. Today, as we record this, is, you know, today is Good Friday, but Sunday is coming, right? And to me, that's so powerful about the, the sort of, the sort of drama and chaos and sadness and, and anger and all the stuff that went on today, unfairness, uh, you know, injustice, you know, mock trials, fake trials, if you will, uh, and then the glories that came from that. And Karen said something that, 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 that rang a chord for me. She talked about how we as blind people would, could not be where we are today without Jesus. And the truth of the matter is it's the same with other groups as well. Jesus, uh, uh, put women in a, in a whole new place as well. Uh, he, uh, he put Samaritans who were hated by, uh, uh, Jewish people on, on a, on a, on a different plane. He really did reach out to the least of these in ways that, that, uh, we, um, uh, are supposed to do as well and, and often fail in doing so. And one other, one other comment in, in thinking about this, um, the church sort of gravitates between two poles, as it were. One is the sort of personal thing. Jesus died for me and forgave my sins. And that, of course, is true. He did indeed do that. And 
but he he did something in some ways more powerful than that and that and that is the whole issue of community he 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 made it uh more challenging and somewhat easier to be in community with us uh the the prophets uh in the old testament talked about uh how um uh god was angry at the is uh, the the folks the jews at the time for for um for treating the poor as uh, as as badly as they did uh and and for worshiping the wrong people i mean that's the primary uh the, the primary thing that these prophets uh you know said god was angry at them uh for and jesus said the same thing to the fair to the pharisees and the religious leaders at the time you guys are missing the mark because primarily you are you're not treating uh, you're not treating god as who he is and you're 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 treating the you're you're running over the poor and jesus sort of gives us another way of looking at it uh and it really struck me this morning uh and sort of listening to what's been going on in the news recently uh, i don't want to make get this too political but you know this whole uh, some churches focus more on the community angle of things and some churches focus on the individual side of things and i think there's a lot of truth in both and if we don't sort of focus on both we miss sort of miss the whole story and that's that's sort of my comment. But can I can I comment on that? Sure. Yes, please. <laughs> I, I think Peter, I, I think it's both and. That's right. Both the individual. We, we you have to start at the individual level. You know, nobody and they view or or put in a word for you to be saved personal thing you have to have your own personal relationship with Christ in order to be saved it's a it's a spiritual and a human effect you can't really be all you can be from a spiritual standpoint with that yes michael do we lose you I'm sure he will return if we did lose him. So we'll just move right along for the time being. Uh, Brother Nigel or Karen, any thoughts about what Peter said? I appreciate what he said in that uh, the focus in churches varies, but God was always concerned with the welfare of the needy and rebuked the people of Israel for selling other people as slaves for a paltry material reward like a pair of shoes. So while we are thanking God for redeeming us and for bringing us our personal salvation, we're also reaching out to all the people in our world who are so needy, so desperately in need of Freedom and food, education, clean water, and opportunity to develop as useful and happy members of society. We know right now that many Christians are being persecuted in various parts of the world and are suffering greatly, so we're also praying for them. Absolutely. And it's also to be borne in mind or kept in mind that one of our Lord's reasons for coming to this earth uh, was so that Jesus could dis- 
display the loving character of God. It was so poorly misunderstood back then, and it is even today. You know, there's this unfortunate dichotomy that the God of the Old Testament differs markedly from that of the New Testament, but nothing could be further from the truth. God has always been, as St. John uh, declares in his epistle, his love is the definition of love. And uh, one of Jesus' missions uh, on during his first earthly ministry was to uh, debunk that myth that, that God is um, a cruel and uh, condemning God. He's actually the, the God of love. And so he had his endeavor was to set the Pharisees and everybody straight on what God was really saying when he declared his law. And he gave that ultimate proof of God's character by going to the cross and dying for our sins, taking our place, your place and mine, um, on Calvary's cross to bear the brunt of, of our misdeeds and to actually die for our sins and to rise again to prove that his uh, sacrifice was accepted by God. That's why God raised him from the dead, and he raised himself as God from the dead to prove that. He is truly Absolutely. the victor. And Absolutely. Jesus always insisted that the New Testament and what he was doing must be a fulfillment not an abolition of the Old Testament. So the the Bible that our Jewish friends read is what we Christians call the Old Testament, and we see that Jesus fulfilled its prophecies and also exemplified and embodied all the righteousness on which God had insisted throughout the Old Testament. So Jesus did not do away with the Old Testament. Rather, he always insisted on its validity and the necessity for fulfilling and honoring the words of the Old Testament. Is Michael Garrett back on the phone by any chance? Not. Okay. Not, I, 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 yeah. I, I, okay. Something happened. I don't something know. happened. Well, hopefully he'll come back because I want to sort of react to what I think he was going to say. Uh, and I, I hate to read minds. I wish you were here. So Mike's, uh, I, I commented on sort of the tension between the individual and the community in, in the Christian faith and how the churches sort of fall along the, ver- the continuum. Uh, and, and those churches that I think are on either side sort of miss the, miss, miss the boat a little bit. Um, but, but anyway, uh, what I want to say is it really does, my, I think what Mike was saying is it starts with the individual. Each of us have our own, have our own journey, our own experience with, with Jesus, as it were, with God. But unless that translates into supporting a shalom, community building, it, we sort of missed the mark. I think that's what and, you know, Jesus spent his entire life, uh, ministry life, uh, trying to sort of teach this to the disciples. And he spent, I think, you know, three years with these folk trying to teach them what it was like living in community and not being jealous and not, not being selfish and not being and, and, and being caring for others and uh and, and and giving what they had and all those things he he tried to sort of uh to pour into those disciples so that when he got on the cross and died and and was was resurrected and ultimately ascended 
um, the, the, the disciples were ready to do what he asked them to do. Uh, it, you know, so it's, it's, it's obviously, we all know this. It's not just the, uh, conversion. It's what happens next. It really sort of makes the difference, but it's this community thing that I think sometimes we, we, uh, and, and the churches that I tend to be more experienced sort of forget, you know, it's, uh, they talk about the individual, but they sort of forget what it means. How that supposed to relate to what comes next within the community that these individuals live in? Well, guys, uh, sorry about that. I got kicked off because of a uh, power outage. Oh. Oh, no. Actually, you yeah. sound much clearer than you did before. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on Peggy's phone. But, ah. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, the power is, it's got knocked out and we're still out. We have no power right now. Yeah, but you're actually on Zoom now, which is good. You're, you're yeah, that, that's why it sounds so much clearer because it you're sounds on, better. That's great. Okay, it does sound better, actually. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. That's Jesus at work. Amen. <laughs> the power he is always out. Provides a way. The power is out, but Sunday is coming. Right? Exactly. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. Well, Peter, I think you did a pretty good summation of what I was trying to say. It begins with the individual. And then comes to the community. So we, we've always got to, we've got to have our personal relationship in order so that we can serve others. We, we want to be able to treat people the way we want to be treated. This is, Mike, you, you raised an interesting point. I was going to say two things to that. One is, you know, I, I've been reading the sort of the Old Testament prophets recently and, and the, and the lesser. It's always ever. And, did I lose you? You're yeah. on. We hear you. I'm still here. Okay. You. All right. Cool. So, uh, my computer was saying weird things to me, but I will, I will ignore it. Uh, so, um, and, and, the, and the prophecies are all about failing to live in community. Uh, that's, if it comes down to it, that's really what they're saying that those, those of you who are in power are failing the test of being good community leaders. You're doing all this stuff wrong. And as a result, at the time, the prophets foretold that uh, they were going to be punished. And, uh, you know, sort of here to, to sort of remind us how to, how to, how to do that community thing, uh, better than we often fit with, that we sometimes fail to do. Um, to me, somehow it just hit me this morning when thinking about this stuff. Well, and apropos of that, uh, Nigel was speaking of the National Church Conference of the Blind, which is meeting monthly by phone and in person at the end of August of this year. But, we also welcome all of our sighted friends to participate. So we include them and hope that they will join with us just as we join with our local churches around the country as most of the members there are sighted and we're just so grateful that they welcome us into their community. Amen. So what's, go ahead, Peter. Uh, just one other quick comment. You know, uh, I want to sort of emphasize something, that, uh, sort of add on to something Karen said, and I sort of added to. I want to add one more thing to it. Uh, Karen, you talked about, you know, how uh, blind people, disabled folk, and women and uh, other groups would not be where we are without Jesus. I think that really is true, and it is also true. I think that uh, churches miss that. They sort of. I, I don't want to be hypercritical, but I. But you know, we all have stories about how we've been disrespected, sort of uh, ignored, excluded from the church family. 
And I know it, it's, it's a struggle for many of us. And, um, the only thing I know to, to, to say about it is it's real. It's not just, it's not just salespeople. It's other groups as well. It's real. It's a, it's a problem. And, it, and I think it's sort of, it, uh, it, uh, and really we have a job to do to sort of encourage better community within our churches. It's hard to do, but I think that's part of our calling. Or so it is. Anyway. It is. And it, it can be hard to do, but if we have an opportunity to participate at all, we want to use that opportunity to show our love and appreciation and to be such examples of grace that the sighted members of our church will want us to be there and will, if necessary, go out of their way to arrange for us to be brought to the church and involved in the activities of the church. But the reality is that people, even people in the church, come with their own personalities, their 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 baggage, you know, they come with the old the old self trying to be transformed through the through the spirit into the new self and it, so we all are are working toward sanctification being set apart trying to deal with the sin problem in our lives trying to be more like Christ and so you know it it's difficult all the time to recognize or or have the people in our churches recognize that we are uh people we we have a, the right to the tree of life just like everybody and i think we all have to give each other a little uh, uh, you know a little break and understand that they they come with their personalities we come with ours but we hopefully we're all working toward the same goal and that is to bridge the gap to bring us all together into one loving community because because we are we represent the body of Christ. Mike, I think the word, that the word you, uh, that I, that I would like to use instead of break is grace, right? We live in such uh, a, we, yes. we live in such a graceless age yes. sometimes. Uh, and it, it really is frightening sometimes for me to be, to be where we are. We just have forgotten how to be grace, gracious to each other. I just preached about that last Saturday. No, there you go. <laughs> there, you, there you go. There you Keep go. preaching that because that's important. <laughs> well, I would like at this time to invite our participants. We have people who are listening live to In Perspective right now who might want to come and uh, give their thoughts and ask questions of our panelists, Brother Nigel Reichards, Reverend Michael Garrett, Karen Gerald. So let me turn it over to Ray to find out if anybody's got their hands raised. We have... um Sharon, up first. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you so much for this wonderful panel. Um, you know, the the cross is just such a thing of depth and riches that you can never, it's like many facets of a diamond. And um, I've been reading this week about comparing Jesus in a, in a way to Jonah um, who was in the belly of the whale and, uh, suffered and, you know, came out of that and is resurrected and was in a dark place. 
um, partly because he um, did not want to obey the will of God. And of course, Jesus wanted to do that, but he still suffered as we all do, sometimes without understanding why. And yet he trusted in his father to, uh, to redeem his suffering. And to me, the cross is about Jesus, but it's also about my suffering and your suffering and the suffering of community that we've been talking about and that, that Jesus is in solidarity with that suffering. Thank you, um, uh, Sharon. Uh, it's funny that the, the Jesus makes a reference. I, I was reading in Matthew today about, you know, uh, folks were talking, and maybe other folks can say this better than I can, but the whole idea of, he says to the Pharisees and Sadducees, you, you want a proof that I'm here? The only proof you're going to see is the proof of Jonah, basically. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's yeah. what I was reading this week. Yeah. 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 And it yeah. really, it really is interesting. Uh, and I don't, I don't tend to be an expert in Jonah. But, you know, Jonah runs from God. He gets swallowed, you know, in a, in a whale or whatever it was, some kind of fish body for three days, comes out, does what the Lord asks him to do and is wildly successful and is still angry. Yeah, right, right. Because, because right. he wanted, he wanted, uh, Nineveh he wanted, to that's right. And, and Jesus did not want that for us. Right. He, he took that away, but I think, um, Part of that mystical part of it is, is that we will all go through, um, a dark night of the soul many, many times. And even Jesus, God did. He had lament. He had, he had, he felt forsaken, even though he knew this was what he was here to do. Um, and that's, that's very encouraging to me. But Jesus you. tells us, he tells us, he says, take up your cross daily. Right, right. Not his cross, because he, we couldn't bear his cross. But he just asks us, and back to your individual point, uh, Peter, he just asks us individually, take up your cross for me. And, and so if we're going to be Christ-like, all of those obstacles, all of the things that we face, he says, can you handle it the way I did? Mm. Can you, can you handle it without mumbling a crossword? Can you go through it and bear the cross the way I did? If you want to be and like can me. Can you that's offer a sacrifice like he did too, yeah. right? Well, living okay. sacrifice. He calls us to be a living sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Show men how, how to do it. That's what the Bible says. Right. It's so uh, interesting that the people of Nineveh, when they heard Jonah's preaching, repented and turned their city around. And Nineveh, for the next hundred years, was a wonderful place. It had been violent and nasty. It became a place of culture and beauty. We know historically that the repentance of Nineveh transformed that city un- until a hundred years later, the people slid back into their old ways and ultimately were destroyed. And Jesus wants us to experience the fullness of life that we can have if we're willing to repent and follow him. So one source of his sorrow was that he could see 
that although the people of Nineveh had instantly repented and made great changes on account of Jonah's preaching, the people who heard Jesus while he was here on earth were unwilling to change and unwilling to repent. And that was one of his great sorrows, and I think still is his great sorrow, that repentance is available and so many of us are not willing to listen. He said, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Yes. So we want to take hold of that abundant life, but it comes only through repentance and faith. It, it, it comes from losing our life, right? And 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 looking to his in some mysterious yes. way. Exactly. Instead of saying, yes, instead of saying, I have to have my own way, it means let's have it Jesus' way. And, and the thing about Jonah, the, the the problem was that he wasn't just being disobedient to be disobedient. He knew that God was going that that if they repented, he knew God was going to to adhere to that repentance and and turn them around. He 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 knew the heart of God. <laughs> right, that God always honors repentance, that yeah. God listens when we repent. Uh, thank you, Sharon. Uh, Ray, do we have anybody else on uh, on the uh, on we the line? Do. As it were, we do indeed. Uh, Nora, you are up next. Hello, Hello. Nora. Hi. Good afternoon. Happy Good Friday. Same to you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, the reason I raised my hand is that you know that Jesus not only died for our sins to take away our sin, he. Uh, he arose again on Sunday and resurrection and although uh actually uh the two women that came to the tomb they were kinda wondering where's Jesus and then they later on realized that he arose an angel came to Mary and the other lady. Uh, Mary to, Magdalene. I think there were two Marys if I'm not mistaken. Mary Magdalene and another Mary? Yeah, another Mary, uh the mother of Jesus and uh, his wife and uh, anyway he, the angel came and said why are you afraid or something like that I can't remember but he was, the angel was telling him that Jesus has risen he rose again I mean he arose and that reminds me too of uh, when Jesus was still alive and during his ministry he was he heard about a man named Lazarus and then and he was, and Lazarus was dead in, in the tomb about four days, three or four days, I think. And, and Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And when he, and Lazarus was raised from the dead. It signifies that Jesus has risen from the dead. From the cross. And the tomb. Nora, your, your, your comment reminds me of, uh, Something uh, the, the pastor in our church sent out a, sends out a weekly note and mentioned the passage you're talking about, where these two women are the first to be notified that Jesus is gone. He, he's 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 resurrected, yeah. and I wrote sort of a, a response back saying, "What would happen if the two women who who you notified were men?" And I was being a bit I was being a bit uh, snarky, oh, but but, but the, yeah. but, but, but well, but 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 here here's my <laughs> comment. Here's my comment. And people might not agree with it, but there, I think there is a reason why Jesus showed himself to women and not men. 
I, I think women are, uh, 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 back then and maybe still are for all I know, are more, um, are more, uh, tend to be more, um, aware of, of, of the challenges that we face and are more spiritually connected somehow that on average than our average, the average male, because the average male sometimes thinks that we, we rule the universe. Uh, and I, I really do think there's, you know, there is a reason why Jesus showed himself first to the woman. There's a reason for that. Whatever it is, I'm not sure what it is. Um, uh, but I, I wonder in all seriousness, supposing he'd come to, you know, two guys, you know, Hey, you know, you're, you, you, um, uh, would, would it be any different? I don't know, but it could be our like panelists can comment on that. Maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe you call it, um, an example of women's liberation because exactly. in the first century, women were not considered credible enough even to give testimony at witnesses uh, at trials. They were not allowed to serve as witnesses. And I think Jesus here was saying that he wanted to include all people, women and men, in celebrating his resurrection and in coming to him to be saved. Because when he did appear to the women, he said to them, go quickly. Tell my disciples. So they're saying, go and tell the men. And then the men investigated and Jesus ultimately appeared to them and they too became eyewitnesses. So I think he was saying that he welcomes women and men, men and women into the community of believers. Amen. I, I agree. Karen, I, Karen, I think there, I think there's more to it than that. I think you're right. But I, but I think, um, if you look at how the, how the, how the disciples reacted to Jesus' coming back, it took them a while for all of them to believe that he was in fact back, right? You know, it wasn't, yep. it, 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 it took, it, it took did. some doing to persuade them that he wasn't a ghost. You know, these two That's women, right. at least, it, they, they became really clear. Uh, you know, they, they believed in a way it took that. Some pers- if you read in John chapter 20 about his appearance to Mary Magdalene, at first, uh, she thought he was the gardener. That's true. And she said, sir, if you have taken his body away, tell me where it is. And then he spoke her name, and she recognized who he was. So each of us has the joy of understanding that he knows our name, and he speaks to us, and we recognize him as Savior and Lord. Amen. So so, so we have this, this thing in today's world and that's today's side that we call inclusion and and so remember that jesus include i think you were right uh, uh karen jesus was inclusive remember he talked to the woman at the well yeah when nobody else would she was a samaritan uh and and in this case I think he wanted to make sure that all people are included in the whole gospel experience. Absolutely. That's right. And a a woman at the well was a Samaritan. She was a Mm -hmm. a half-breed, so to speak, a minority who uh, was uh, among the despised and Jesus wanted to make sure that there were no barriers of race or 
ethnicity that would keep people away from him. That's right. Exactly. Uh, Ray, we have have about three or four people I want to get to. All right, let's get to things up a little bit as much as we can. Uh, Phone number in seven nine two. You are up first, please. Seven nine two. Hello. Seven nine two. All right. Well, we'll come back to you. Might want to do a star six because maybe he or she is yeah, muted. Star six no. to l- unmute yourself on telephone. Yeah. Uh, if that doesn't work for you, uh, we'll come back to you. Uh, fo- uh, Mary Carla Hayes, you are up next. Ah, good. Hey there. I'm real. I want to thank you all for doing this, this program. Um, I'm spending Good Friday alone and, you know, it's just nice to be able to get together oh, with there we go. So can you hear me? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Um, the thing that, um, I'm, I'm sort of, um, saddened and frustrated because, um, um, a lot of people um, don't get it. Um, you know, it's like, um, a lot of people, Easter's just about the Easter bunny and yeah. chocolate and, um, and getting together with the family and all this good stuff, but they don't, uh, in fact, to the point where they don't, a lot of places don't even give you Good Friday off anymore. Good Friday. Yeah. Well, just he, here in Massachusetts, day. governments are working. Well, schools are closed, but the government's working today. Yes, and, and it's just, and, and, and then there are loved ones that, that aren't saved and don't get it. And I just wonder, um, you know, I, I just, I feel sorry for these people. I don't know how to get it across, but they're the, they're missing what's the most important and the most essential. And this is the holiest of holy days of the year. I don't think they, they have an inkling of what Jesus did, how he sacrificed his life for us, how he, you know, paid for our sin and, um, and it's it's hard to get it across, you know. Sometimes loved ones don't want to listen. Sometimes um, people that want you to work or they want you to do things they don't understand. And I just wondered if the the panel would want to comment. I know this is taking the conversation a little different direction, and I'm sorry if I if it's being disruptive. But I just wondered if not at all a comment on this. No, I would say let us be the best witness we can when we have an opportunity to share the good news, but it's also so crucial that we pray for our friends and unbelieving loved ones and anyone who doesn't get it. There are lots of people who don't get it, and we can't reach all of them individually, but we can always pray for them, and those prayers are always appreciated and treasured in heaven. So even when it seems that people are so far away they can never be reached sometimes they're closer to being reached than we think and if we're not the ones who will speak directly to them the lord can arrange for them to hear or read something or for someone else to come to them personally and we never want to give up on them carla amen carla you hit a hot up the amen carla you hit a hot button for me uh, because i spent a lot of time on sundays uh, uh at a church service with with youth who were burnt by their prior church experiences and without going into details, they, they felt excluded. They felt abused, spiritually abused. Uh, you know, and it's really, really sad when this kind of stuff happens. And what I have learned in talking to these folk, um, uh, is preaching does not work. 
It just doesn't. Uh, Karen said it really well. We have to live it. We have to show that they're, that Christianity is not the way that they experienced it in, in their prior life. There are other ways of doing things that, that, that you know, or, or whatever. Uh, it's, it's really, really sad for me to see how some churches, some of the time are just, are, are, uh, uh, youth are fleeing in droves. We're, we're failing. Not all, my church, all the time. My church, we don't even have any youth programs anymore. And I keep saying, you know, we're going to die off if we don't do Sunday school. And we've tried. We had it for a long time. We had a strong Sunday school and everything. Do you think parents are to blame, Carla? Yes. And I think the society where we have to have football games um, that the coaches say the kids that are on teams have to show up on Sundays or they're off the team. That used to be family time. I believe society's to blame. I believe parents are to blame. And it's the whole thing. And I just, I'm so frustrated and so frightened, um, even for my young Christian students that I teach at the Christian school. I'm just so frightened. I'm seeing a lot of bad stuff and it's, you know, it's the sort of post-Christian era. And I try to be, because sometimes we're the only Bibles that they'll read. And it's a big, it's a lot of pressure. You're under a lot of pressure. You want to do Christly things, but then you're human and you mess up. And that's not a good example for them. And it makes you feel really bad when you mess up and do something that you shouldn't do. Not meaning to, but you do it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. We want. I just I want to wish you all a blessed Easter while I've got the mic. But thank you. And the same to you, you, Carla. Yeah. Same to you and yours. All right. Right? So, phone number in seven nine two. I believe you are unmuted now. If you could uh, uh, comment on seven nine two. Can you hear us? I thought you were unmuted. I I thought he was too. And I. Well. Let's we'll have some move forward. Um, Pam, yeah. you are up next. Yes, great, great topic. Um, all I would add is when you were talking about Jesus being inclusive, one of the big groups that he included felt it was important that the older people of that day didn't think they counted, which is so sad. And that group is children. Mm-hmm. He blessed them. He would take them up in his arms, the, the little, the little kids and, um, you know, felt that they were very, very important and said, if we don't become as little children, we will not, I'm paraphrasing badly, but, uh, we will, not be considered a part of the kingdom of heaven. And the other thing I would add is not only did he die for our sins, uh, rise from the dead, uh, gather again with his disciples, but then he ascended back into heaven and is Preparing a place for us. For all of us. Amen. For all of us. Yes. I, I'm reminded that of it's just, yes, that, and that just, to me, that is just really important yes. is the fact that he is preparing a place for us. Thank you for that. 
Thank you. We have, you. we have about another minute and a half to go. So, Ray, if you want to squeeze one more in um, so that they can have a chance to talk. Phone number 792. You are, um, if you hit star six to unmute yourself, we can hopefully take your comment. If not, is there somebody else, uh, Ray? I'm wondering what Peter was uh, preparing to share. You were reminded of what? The question I was going to ask, and this is sort of, uh, and we don't have a lot of time, but Jesus was certainly angry at certain kinds of people. Mike uh, talked about Jesus not being angry. He was righteously angry at a lot of people. Yes. I don't want to say he excluded people because that's not quite right, but he certainly didn't uh, have much to say about the religious leaders of their of, of his time. That's true. Uh, he, not much nice to say about those people. And there's a reason for that, and I think we yes. would do well as we prepare for the resurrection to bear those things in mind. Yes. Yes, it was their exclusivity. It was precisely uh, what Jesus and we are accused of today. Uh, the religious leaders of that time were exclusive, uh, trying to uh, set themselves apart as the ones who are righteous above everybody else. And that's what upset Jesus more than anything else was their exclusivity, whereas his uh, attitude was very inclusive. Indeed. And, and the way he treated the poor, let's not forget that. Yes, that absolutely. And, and the blind also. And, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? yeah, exactly. And uh, unfortunately, we are out of time. It was a fast show. <clears throat> and uh, I want to thank everybody for taking part in this very special occasion and uh, you're all correct we should all look at ourselves and be thankful and be blessed that jesus is in our lives and what he's done all the sacrifices he's made for all of us brother nigel karen reverend mike thank you very much for being here with us today and i also want to thank our participants who uh, took part in our discussion Uh, next week we're going to have brent gifford he's a blind magician he also runs a camp out west. We might talk about that as well. So that ought to be a great show. God bless you, everybody. Go safe. You too. And uh, we'll see you you next week. Take care, everybody.